Welcome to the Work Camper Show, a podcast devoted to helping you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. I'm Steve Anderson, the president of Work Camper News. Each one of our episodes will either introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to opportunities to work short-term jobs. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Thank you, Steve. Today I'm interviewing a man who has become a full-time online content creator, producing do-it-yourself videos and hosting a podcast to help other entrepreneurs finance their travel dreams. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, Work Camper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, you'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and be resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a diamond or platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. Joshua Sheehan and his wife and twin eight-year-old boys started RVing in November 2021 after Callie completed a 20-year career in the U.S. Air Force. The military family moved frequently during her career, yet they did not know where they really wanted to settle down. So they hopped into a 30-foot bunkhouse travel trailer to search for the ideal place to call home. They selected that RV to have a separate living area from the bedrooms, and they wanted closable doors rather than curtains to help control noise and provide more privacy. The family relies on Kelly's military pension to support their travels, but Joshua also started planning for location independence nearly three years ago when he launched a YouTube channel called Gander Flight. Because he likes tinkering, testing things, and thinking outside the box to come up with new ways of doing something, Joshua creates do-it-yourself videos and shares his observations within the RV community. Recently, Joshua also stepped in to host the RV Entrepreneur podcast that was originally founded by Heath Paget. In that podcast, he interviews RV entrepreneurs about their businesses and the various ways they fund their travels. Prior to hitting the road, Joshua was a full-time homeschooling parent while Callie worked as a paralegal. Now that she is retired from the military, Callie homeschools the boys while Joshua produces even more content. Callie also plans many of the family's adventures. Since neither of them work a full-time job anymore, they try to schedule their activities during the week in order to avoid weekend crowds and use weekends to tend to school projects. Joshua describes the many ways he and Kelly ensure their boys enjoy plenty of socialization and educational opportunities. To tell us more about their adventures and how Gander Flight can help our viewers at all stages in their journeys, please welcome Joshua Sheehan, founder of Gander Flight, to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Joshua. I really appreciate the time. Tell us a little bit about you and what you're doing and where you are now. Uh, my name is Joshua Sheehan, and my family, my wife, Coley, and then we have two twin boys that are eight years old, just went full-time RVing. We left in November of 
2021 after my wife completed 20 years of active military service in the Air Force. And we've been, we've been dreaming about finding a place to land after her military career, but we moved around enough to know we didn't know where that was going to be. And so we decided that early on, it's probably been close to a decade that we've been planning to do an RV, extended RV trip to explore the, explore the country and also just keep in the back of our minds, looking out for a place that we could set up a home base. And then eventually our goal is to kind of do a hybrid model of having a home base, but then also getting out and traveling. And so we're just starting out on that journey. Along with uh, her military pension, I've also been starting to do YouTube and other online content creation about the RV sphere. And I've been doing that for close to two and a half, almost going on three years this summer. And I've got a personal brand called Gander Flight. I do a lot of RV DIY projects, gear reviews, gear comparisons. And it's really a good creative outlet for me. I enjoy testing things, finding different ways to do things, thinking a little bit outside the box, and then sharing that experience and my observations with the RV community. And then I've also gotten so much from the RV community that I'm, I've stepped in as the podcast host for the RV Entrepreneur as well that was founded by Heath Paget, And uh, I'm really enjoying giving back a little bit more in the audio sphere of interviewing RV entrepreneurs and, and listening to similar to this podcast of how people are funding their travels on the road. And so I'm kind of at this point of growing all the different avenues of online content creation while also figuring out how to balance sightseeing and traveling with my family on our full-time journey. That's neat. Twin eight-year-old boys. That must be energy cubed then, right? Yes, it is definitely not squared. It is cubed. (laughs) (laughs) They feed off of each other for sure. That's great. And so your wife was in the Air Force. What did she do? She was a paralegal. Okay, good. Is she continuing that uh, like on her own? Has she started a business of her own in that area, or is she just sort of taking a break now after a 20-year career with the Air Force? She is taking a a break for indefinite. She's being full-time mom, and uh, she also, up until this point, I was in charge of homeschooling, and I was stay-at-home dad for eight years, going on nine. And so in November, we kind of flip-flopped, and now she's she's doing full-time mom and homeschooling stuff, and then also she's taking charge of planning most of our adventures and directing that with, with my support, but taking, taking charge of directing where we're going and what we're exploring uh, with a lot of input from, from the kids and, and really getting into road schooling and figuring out how to get them immersed in things on the road instead of just sitting at the RV and doing things that they would be doing in a normal classroom. Mm-hmm. That's great. You said that you were looking for a home base. Did you select one? We have not. Like I said, we've been to enough places with our military moving. that We know we haven't yet found the place that sings to us and, and calls to our heart. Okay. But I think this is a good way to experience a lot of different locales. If nothing else, to narrow down, hey, we want to look in this part of the country more than another part. Uh, we both grew up above the Mason-Dixon line, so we're interested in having all four seasons at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I like the the hybrid model of being able to, when the snow gets to too much, we can we can hop in the RV and, and come south of the snowbirds. That's always nice, absolutely. And so you don't do any traditional work camping jobs that people normally Correct. think about, like working at campgrounds and things like that. So you're fully supporting yourself from this 
business at this point and your wife's pension. Yes. Okay. And you've been doing it for almost three years, you said. So I've been doing content creation on as a like a side gig as a creative outlet for myself for going on three years. And then with the switch of her retiring, that has allowed me more time to dedicate and put more into content creation. So you were do, making content for RVers before you became a full-time RVer. Correct. Yep. We've been doing weekending for close to four years. We started out with a pop-up because that's, uh, we were living in Louisiana. I grew up in the North and to me, the first time I, I came to a campground in, in the South in Louisiana, there was a tent with an air conditioner. And I was, my first thought was, come on, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then I spent my first night camping in Louisiana and I knew exactly why they had decided to put an air conditioning in their tent. <laughs> and so the pop-up allowed us to have an air conditioning and a bed, a, a legit mattress up off the ground. And it could be towed by our minivan. So that was the the three key things that allowed us to get into our being. And I've since heard, and I think it makes a lot of sense that pop-ups are kind of a gateway drug yes. that a lot of people start, start there because it's an easy entryway. You can store it in your garage, low, low financial investment. And then uh, since we did know that we were going to be full-timing, we had also been keeping an eye out of what kind of rig we wanted to move into at that point. So we had gone through two pop-ups. And then we had found the the travel trailer that we're in. It's a 30 foot with a bunkhouse. And uh, yeah, then we, we moved on from there. So you're in the bunkhouse right now? Correct. Yep. Very good. Bunkhouse is nice for boys, especially or when you have children all together. Uh, what brand did you decide on? So I, looking back, I didn't really have a brand that we were picking out. We were definitely just looking at floor plans. Uh, we ended up going with the Forest River Wildwood. And one of the big considerations, knowing that this RV was going to be used for full-time living, because we get, we ended up getting it about a year and a half before we went full-time. But we wanted to make sure that we had closable doors for a, a master bedroom and then closable door for the bunk room. And mm-hmm. those were two big things that we, knowing that we were going to be living full-time, we didn't want to have bunks in the main living space so that, you know, every day of the rest of our full timing that we would have to be quiet in the living room just because there's a a curtain between us and the kids sleeping. So it's worked out really well. They've got a pocket door and then uh, white noise is definitely your friend when being in such a small (laughs) space. (laughs) That's great. Closable doors. Yes, that would be very good. Is your particular model have the bedroom separated like the master on one side and the bunks on the other end? Correct. So you come up the stairs and uh, there's a master directly to the right with a traditional door. And then you're in the main living area of the kitchen and dining room with a big super slide. And then you pass through that to get to the back end. And there's a bunk room with a pocket door. Mm -hmm. And we ended up having two bunks on the top and then a convertible dinette on the one side and a a large outdoor kitchen under the other bunk, which has really been helpful too, of being able to get outside and, and cook out there. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. To be able to do that. And so you spend most of your time in campgrounds. Are you doing any boondocking? We have not done boondocking yet. Uh, it is something that is on the list to do. Uh, we have we have some generators, but at this point, we're just 
trying to figure out the transition of living full time and changing. Like, we, so we changed our work, what our working relationship looked like. We changed full timing, and so yeah, at this point, we're just trying to make our life as easy as possible. But it, there is a, a goal of doing additional boondocking in the future. Uh, we actually have one big one scheduled. We're going to go to the Albuquerque Balloon Festival with full-time families. And that's going to be a, about a two-week stint. And so we're slowly looking at the different types of gear that we'll need to sustain that and how learning from others that have been there before us of best ways to do it and you know what to do with what we have and, and what is worth investing in. That's going to be a fun experience for you. I've only been to the Balloon Fiesta once, but it was almost overwhelming with the number of balloons that you get to see and you know, the light night launches where you, the balloons just glow in the, the night air or night sky. It's just spectacular. I think you'll have a lot of fun with that. And yeah, we're very excited for it. Uh, you said that you had been homeschooling the kids, so they've never been in public school. You've been overseeing their education. So moving into a full-time RV lifestyle was not going to be a problem at all. They just switched from homeschooling to road schooling. Correct. Yeah. The only thing that really changed was the venue. And then there was also been some, some working throughout the kinks of Coley had a Monday through Friday job. And so weekends were family time. And now that we're on the road, oftentimes we want to try and get out and do things as a family during the week to avoid the weekend crowds. Mm -hmm. So there's been a little bit of relearning for them that, Hey, just because it's Saturday doesn't mean that it's not necessarily going to be a, a school day. Our schedule is a little bit more fluid. And so if we go and we do some adventuring on Wednesday and Thursday, there's a possibility that we need to do school on Thursday and part of Sunday. And so that has been a little bit of a, but it's the weekend dad. <laughs> yes, I understand. But we also did not do school Tuesday and Thursday this week. We need to make sure that we're keeping on top of this. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that, that flexibility has been awesome. We mm-hmm. need to get a little bit better about scheduling that. Uh, I ended up going grocery shopping on Sunday afternoon. And as soon as I walked into the store, not remembering that it was Sunday afternoon, I was like, why are there so many people? Oh, it's the weekend. I need to get better about planning our meals out and our grocery shopping so that we're not needing to go on the weekend to the grocery store. That's exactly right. When you, uh, Talk about, you know, adjusting the boys' schedule and things like that. Uh, One of the biggest problems or, I guess, misconceptions that people have on full-time families is that the poor children, they're not getting any socialization. How would you respond to that? My response is they are getting more socialization than I could ever imagine. The cool thing about homeschooling and then specifically road schooling and being full-time families is that they get exposure and socialization to tons of different age ranges, cultural experiences, you know, in a traditional government school setting, the kids are all the same peer group. And what's really cool about homeschooling and road schooling is that they get to learn from kind of almost a one room schoolhouse structure of, you know, someone who is two years older than them is teaching them about something that they learned at the space center the other day. And there's a lot of intergenerational we were at one of the first places that we had gone to down in Lajitas to go to the Big Bend National Park. I looked up out the window and one of my sons was talking to a retired gentleman, probably close to 80, that was just sitting at the pool, just going about having a conversation. 
And it's, it's really cool to see that they don't necessarily have boundaries in their head of, you know, this is an adult, I can't talk to them, or I need to do certain things one way or the other. They just enjoy talking to people and they get a lot of socialization in so much as it's, it's real world application. They have no qualms about going up to someone in a grocery store and asking a question or it's all things that, you know, after we get out of high school and college, age doesn't matter at that point. Mm-hmm. And so the cool thing for us is that they, they're not confined to a peer group by age and we really like it. Very good. I have noticed throughout my RVing experience that when I've encountered kids who have been road schooled, they are very conversational. And you're absolutely right. They are comfortable around adults. They're comfortable around kids and they can find things to do anywhere and often make friends very quickly. Uh, That's just part of the game because they know they're only going to be together for a couple of days. And so they make the most of what time they have. Absolutely. What kind of activities do you folks like to do when you're RVing? Yeah, we enjoy getting out and seeing nature. We try to do our best to go to state parks Um, we're hoping to hit a lot of national parks, although it seems to be more and more difficult on certain one of the the bucket list ones to be able to schedule some of those things out in advance, especially since we don't necessarily have a schedule of where we're going. Um, but hiking, picnicking, we have bicycles that we enjoy riding around and then seeing different sites right now. We're just outside Orlando. And for the boys' birthday, they got to go to Universal Studios. They're pretty excited to go see all the Harry Potter things. So doing some touristy stuff as well, uh, but mostly just exploring around and seeing seeing nature, seeing different parts of the country, uh, because it's it's insane to me to just realize how much land there is in the United States and North America and how vastly different geographic locations are. So getting out getting out into the woods, getting out onto the water, exploring those things. And then also checking out different cultures and different communities around the country, uh, local food, establishing relationships, being that we were a military family. A lot of our friends continue to move. So we have a lot of friends all over the country and spending time catching up with them. We really enjoy doing game nights and having conversations around the campfire. Mm-hmm. And when you mentioned different cultures, that's another big advantage to road schooling as well, by allowing people to, or families to just dive into a particular region for an entire month or two, if that's where they want to go and really get to explore and learn all they can about that particular region. I think that uh, would be a very, very good plus for embracing this Absolutely. kind of lifestyle. Were there any other reasons why you chose the, uh, RV lifestyle for your family? I don't think so. It was mostly just, we don't know where we want to put down roots. So by going rootless for a little while, we can explore and kind of, uh, you know, get a, get a taste, you know, have a, have a flight of, of different examples and see which one resonates with our family. Okay. And you've only been full-timing for a couple of months, uh, but where, and have you been in Florida the entire time? No, so we started out, we left from Texas. That was our the where we had our last sticks and bricks. And so we tooled around Texas for uh, probably about four or six weeks uh, visiting family and, and checking out some of the 
state parks that were a little further out of our, our weekending radius. And then uh, we ended up going and spending the holidays with my family in Northern Illinois. And so we had left the RV down in Mississippi. And then we came down after the new year and picked the RV up. And we've been in Florida for the past two months, just kind of following, following the weather at this point. <laughs> uh, but we will be going kind of on a counterclockwise tour, I guess. We're, gonna, we're in Florida now and we're going to make our way up to Washington State and then back down to Illinois and, and Wisconsin and go from there. Okay. That, so you're going to put on a lot of miles, it sounds like. And you're going to do we all of that put on. in one year, huh? So originally we had the, the ignorant idea of, oh, we could <laughs> do 48 in one year. And as soon as we sat down, you know, that's, that's about a week in every state. There's no way you could do an entire state in a week. Even something like Delaware, you can spend more than a week there. Right. And so we don't have a, an end date. Um, at this point, we're going, we've got big rocks that we're filling the jar with of uh, weddings or friend events, or we're going to a family camp in the summer that we need to be in certain places at certain times. And then we're just kind of filling in explorations around that general route of places that we've always wanted to visit, bucket list items, and other opportunities that present themselves. So when you started Gander Flight, what did you hope to accomplish? Gander Flight started as a creative outlet for myself. I have been watching YouTube for years. I remember when the boys were babies, sitting there and feeding them, watching YouTube channels, and just passing the time that way. Uh, just a creative outlet. I'm very much a tinkerer, very much a DIYer, and I have a lot of cool ideas and life hacks and tips to share. And it just seemed that YouTube would be the most appropriate outlet to share that. And so it was, it started out as just, I wanted to share some ideas I had. Um, I had met some other folks that were successful on YouTube and got a little bit of advice on how to best go about that in a way that left doors open for me. Should I want to make it more than just a, a hobby? And I found out that I really enjoy creating videos. And so it's, it's been a, a passion that has turned into something that provides money. Okay. So did you have a tech background before you went into this? I do not. I have a degree in outdoor recreation. Oh. And uh, as soon as my wife and I got married, I had been doing an internship at a military base with their outdoor recreation program. And she was volunteering as a whitewater rafting guide. As soon as we got married, it became very apparent to both of us that outdoor recreation in a commercial sense and specifically in a military sense, you're working nights and weekends when the airmen, soldiers, sailors have off. And so by being married to an airman, I, we would be ships passing in the night because I would be working nights and weekends when we could be doing uh, excursions and events. And then she, that's when she would be home. So we ended up living in Norway for three years. And at that point we didn't have kids and I was working at the community center on the, the NATO base in Norway. And then when we got back to the States, we found out we were pregnant and then we found out we were having twins. And it kind of just made sense at that point that I was going to stay home with the boys. And so, no, I don't have a tech background. Uh, it's an outdoor recreation background, but uh, I'm very much a self-taught, enthusiastic researcher. 
And so I watched a lot of YouTube about how to create, about how to use different programs and different equipment and software. I get excited about the learning, about the content creation. And then I also have this other side of just lists of things I want to share and combining the two has been a, a good creative outlet. I've been looking at your website and you do have some very interesting things in there, like how to create an emergency heater. Oh, how would you come up with an idea like this to share with people? Oh, I have no clue where <laughs> that ended up coming from. Um, but it was just, uh, I would think I was creating a, we had been living in New Jersey and I was creating a kind of a get home bag that if we had been stranded in the, in the snow or something, what are some of the things that we want to keep on hand in the vehicle? And one of them was a, some sort of heat source. And, uh, yeah, so I, I pieced together something or been influenced by something I saw and it was putting a roll of toilet paper into a quart size paint can and then filling it with a fuel. And what's really cool about that experiment is I got to figure out that the goal of that experiment that I was doing was trying to decide if 70% isopropyl alcohol or 91% was better or worse in one way or the other. But what's cool is that the, the comments off that video, I've got a whole list of different fuels that may or may not be better suited for that application. Um, obviously whenever you have an open flame with something, you need to make sure that you've got proper ventilation. And so yeah, it's not something you'd want to like light in your car, but having that sort of heat source on you was the goal for me of having like, if I need to shelter next to my car until tow truck comes, whatever, uh, is how I came about that. And it's just really cool to see how the community comes back and gives pointers and tips and like, Hey, did you try this? Did you try that? And uh, a lot of times the content and the ideas for things come out from previous things. So someone will say something in an offhand remark and I'm like, Oh, I didn't know that. But one of the videos I did, I had created DIY air filters for our bedrooms. You know, pollen season in Louisiana was pretty heavy. And so a dedicated air filters can be quite expensive ended up getting some vinyl j channel that you would use on the siding of a house cutting it to length attaching it to a 20 by 20 standard box fan and sliding in a residential furnace filter and so i did a video about building that and one of the things that a lot of people were commenting on was like oh is that bad for the motor and i was like well i've been using it for three years nothing's blown up that's anecdotal evidence of it's, it's fine, <laughs> but let me do some additional testing. So I created a video doing additional testing and, you know, it, there's only so many things you can control in an uh, experiment you do in your backyard, uh, but using a thermometer and trying to, to visualize different things. Another video came out of that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's neat. So it's just you know, whatever strikes you, you know, something comes up, he says, this is kind of neat. And you share it with your audience. Here, I thought exactly. you, you were doing something elaborate, like some sort of science experiment with your boys on how this dif different alcohol burns, and you created a video out of it that way, but it seems like it's something entirely different than that. Well, it, it, it's both, because so one of the videos that I am currently editing, and a lot of my stuff is transferred into RV-related. I've been researching different stabilizers, you know, manual scissor jacks versus electronic ones that came on my rig. Um, and so there's a lot of experimenting now with RV things. Early December, 
where we were at was cold enough that we had space heaters on. We had a space heater near the door. And one of my boys had gone out and was playing, came in. His Crocs were wet, his shoes, his Crocs. He set it in front of the, the heater to dry it off and make sure it was dry for the morning. Well, he came back in the morning and the Croc had shrunk probably three sizes. Oh, my. And so it was, we, we thought that maybe he had switched shoes with someone at the playground. And uh, because it was such a, a drastic difference in size. And so, you know, the Crocs are now ruined. We need to get them a new pair. So the three of us ended up going through some more experiments. We had the other son's Crocs that we needed to, to get him new ones just because he was growing out of them. So we had three good shoes that we were had available. And we ended <laughs> up doing some testing. We did another one in front of the heater with a time lapse to, to see what how the process went of what happens when you apply heat to something like the Crocs are made out of. We put it in the microwave. We got a blowtorch out. And so using those opportunities of, uh-oh, no, we, we shrunk our shoes, but what else can we do to learn from this and teach them about how the world works and science? And, but then also they were, they're getting to the point where they're excited and they are interested in being on camera as well. So finding the balance of, of letting them do that while also keeping them slightly isolated from social media in so much as, you know, keyboard ninjas are, are your worst enemy. Uh, but also sharing the experience of, Hey, we did this experiment make sure you don't put your Crocs in front of your space heater. This is what happens. <laughs> That's neat. And so you're turning all of these things into educational moments, not only for your kids, but for your audience. Absolutely. That's fun. And so I was looking at some of the other things that you put up there, like these uh, awesome storage things for uh, Legos and stuff like that. I mean, anybody who travels with kids is probably trying to figure out a way to best store kit uh, their, their toys in an RV. Is that absolutely? How'd you come up with this trial and error? Are you referring? Yes. Are you referring to the one that's got a, a tray system? Yes, that exactly the trays. Okay, so that is actually not in RV. It was too big to fit. Okay, but uh, that one was a, similar to a lot of the arts and crafts carts that are out there. However, it was an exceptionally wide version, which was beneficial to us because then we were able to color code or color sort the Legos, and it was easier to find. Um, our family is really big into Legos and uh, having them be organized in a way that could be put away every night and not, I mean, if any, if you've ever stepped on a Lego, you know how yes. horrifically painful it can be. And they're tough little suckers. Um, but then, uh, so, and then coming into the RV, it was a, it was a process of figuring out which of the Legos made it into the RV and which ones didn't. And uh, at the moment they're in a uh, kind of like a cinch sack opens out into a play mat. And so they're all in one thing and then they cinch up and they get put into one of the cubbies that we made for their bedroom. How do you make money off of Gander Flight? Is that something that's advertising supported or are you developing special content for members only? At the moment, it's uh, just ad revenue from YouTube and then also Amazon affiliate links. Okay. I have not developed into any sort of membership program at the moment. Although that's definitely something that is worth looking into for the horizon. So if you're providing enough YouTube content, is there enough money that can be generated to cover some of the costs of producing it? Producing it? Sure. Um, okay. The hard part with any sort of content creation is it's digital sharecropping. You don't own, you don't own it. Right. And so the hard part with that is 
you really shouldn't bank on having that money because tomorrow YouTube could say, yeah, we're not paying out anymore. And that's their prerogative. Or mm-hmm. Amazon can say, we're going to cut the commissions for any sort of product you link to by half. And so with a swip, flip of the switch in their terms and conditions, they can adjust those things. So yes, although I've made money with those ventures, it's not something that we can count on for income. It's kind of like, hey, if it shows up, it's a bonus. I've heard talk to several full-time families who were very prolific content creators for those kind of platforms that were making you know, upwards of $10,000 a month in some areas and some, mm-hmm. sometimes, and then they changed the algorithm and it dropped below a thousand the next month. Yeah. I mean, and yep. yeah. So that's why it's hard to build a platform on another platform. It's why, you right. know, a lot of people are moving to membership sites and things like that to maintain their own audience and to provide the content directly for them. So it sounds like you're considering that. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking into it and, and figuring out how, because I want, I only want to provide things that are going to provide value. Like I don't want to have a membership site just to have a membership site. Right. And so when I can figure out something that I can offer that is going to provide value to someone's life, mm-hmm. then look at a way that, um, you know, we can exchange value for value information or um, contact for financial gain. And uh, until that happens, I'm not going to, not going to dive into it. Um, I'm very blessed and fortunate. I mean, it, it was a, 20 year commitment, but we have the military pension as a safety net. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I do not create any money for Gander flight this month, we will still be able to put food on the table. (laughs) And so that is a a super, it's, it's double edged sword, right? Because we're not going to be homeless, but at the same time, is that then, am I a little bit too comfortable and that I don't have the hunger to go out and, and, find more ways to, to provide value sooner and create a membership site. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> that um, would be a dilemma. But it is, it is, it is nice to have that, that safety net to know that we have a little more flexibility in risk-taking. We mm-hmm. can try something and see, does this work or does this not work with a little less risk of if it absolutely flops, it's not going to be a huge life change. Okay. Fair enough. Is there any advice you'd give to people who are considering becoming work campers, especially taking their families on the road? It's insane how much opportunity there is. And being in the RV space for going on four years now, how many new ways I hear about doing something that I've never heard before. So my advice would be if you want to get out on the road and you want to figure out a way to finance traveling in any way, Find something that sings to you. It makes your makes gives you a passion to do it, whether that be jumping from Amazon warehouse to Amazon warehouse in your RV and then taking time off in between to explore. But if you haven't found anything that suits you, keep looking and keep brainstorming. Just open a, a notepad and write down ideas because it's often not the first or second idea or thing you implement that sticks. It's often the fourth or fifth. That's right. And so just get started with something. And then the more people you meet through that, you can pivot and turn. I think just getting started is, would be my best advice. Yes. Just start something and then it will, it will evolve. Everyone thinks, and you're going to as well, that the first thing is going to be the it thing. It's not going to be, but it may lead to the it thing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. It's taking that first step. That's often the 
most difficult because many people are fearful that they have to have everything buttoned down and in order. They have to have the plan and they have to be moving on that plan in order for it to work. And it never comes around to you having enough data until you feel comfortable to jump in. So just jump in. Sometimes it's blind faith, but you know, that's what it might take. But like you said, it'll tweak it as it goes. That's really good. Have organizations like full-time families provided any help to you folks? Absolutely. Um, If nothing more than social connection, I think going out on the road can be as social as you want or as isolating as you want. And having access and being a member of a social group, you know, we're part of escapees, full-time families. Again, it's a value for value, right? You can gather a lot of free information through Facebook groups and forums. However, sometimes when you trade a little bit of money for a membership, you can expedite that process. You can consolidate it and distill it down into the not having to sort through all the fluff. And so, yes, that membership groups and and social groups like that have been huge. Uh, Coming up here in March, we're going to go to, it's called the full-time families family reunion, basically a big rally. And especially having kids on the road, making intentional decisions to be in places with other families is huge because we can all learn from each other, share experiences and then it's not going to be forever. You know, we're going to be in that spot for a week, but then we're going to break up. And I guarantee as we travel around the country, we're going to meet up with the folks that we connect with there in different parts of the country and then being able to grow those relationships. And the cool thing about full-time, full-timing is that when you meet someone and you connect, you're with them you know, all day. And you can almost take a relationship that would have taken two years to cultivate in a every week, every once a month type of let's meet for a drink or let's come over for a barbecue and you expedite that process. And uh, sometimes groups like that expedite the process even more and facilitate connection. Mm -hmm. That's great advice. Well, thank you very much, Joshua. I really appreciate the time. Sounds like you guys are having a ball being out on the road and I wish you the best of luck. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. I appreciate Joshua Sheehan for coming on the show to talk about his family's adventures in homeschooling and his motivation for launching Gander Flight. His family really enjoys having the freedom to visit popular touristy sites during the week when it's less crowded and sometimes cheaper. They also love hiking, biking, and enjoying picnics. Joshua and his wife like to expose the boys to different cultures, as well as to connect with many friends they made in the military who now live around the country. There are several areas they'd still like to evaluate before selecting a place to call home. Ideally, that location will offer four seasons, but they are open to living as snowbirds as well. So far, they've visited Texas for six weeks, spent time with family in Illinois, then traveled to Florida for the winter before beginning a long trek to Washington State and returning to Wisconsin later this summer by trekking across the northern states. Originally, they envisioned visiting all 48 contingent states in a year. However, after realizing that's only one week per state, and there's way too much to do and see in any state in just a few days, they've scaled back that ambitious goal to take their time and truly enjoy their adventures. 
Through their travels, Joshua is discovering new hacks to make RVing easier and sharing those with his YouTube audience, which currently has 18,400 subscribers. He also does product reviews and interviews other RVers about things they do to enhance their experiences on the road. Joshua has a degree in outdoor recreation and experience planning excursions for military members. So he's putting that knowledge and experience to work helping others to better enjoy the RV lifestyle. His do-it-yourself videos are really popular and cover things like installing keyless door locks, restoring faded plastic, creating a heater out of a paint can, and setting up an internet system. He's already produced nearly 175 videos on various topics. You can subscribe to his channel by searching for Gander Flight on YouTube. Today's episode is sponsored by The Dreamer's Journey. It is an online course and community produced by WorkCamper News. Life is way too short to keep your dreams on hold, so don't be held back by fear because you were designed for more. Get started in the RV lifestyle the right way with this comprehensive guide. For just $29.95 for one year of access, Dreamers have unlimited viewing of 50 plus videos to learn things like what type of RV to buy, goal setting, how to budget for the adventure, developing a positive mindset, setting up a domicile, and operating a small business on the road, plus everything about work camping and how to find the right job for you. Each video is 30 to 90 minutes long to provide in-depth coverage on each topic. There's no wrong time to get started. So for more information, visit www.rvdreamersjourney.com. That's all I have for this week's show. Next week, I'll be speaking with a woman who makes a great living as an RV technician who specializes in one area, flushing out RV tanks. She certainly found a niche and makes money providing the service to RVers who benefit greatly from her work. I'll have that interview on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. Until then, all of us at Work Camper News wish you a happy, memorable, and safe official start to the summer season. Thanks for listening.